Can't Wait for Christmas is a proud member of the Christmas Podcast Network. Check out all the shows on the network at christmaspodcastnetwork.com. Hey, buddy, what you doing? Is it Christmas yet? No, sorry, not yet. I can't wait for Christmas. Yeah, I can't wait for Christmas either. In fact, let's celebrate now. <laughs> Welcome to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. It's November 25th, 2022, and that means there's one month left until Christmas. Today on the show, we'll look at the history of the most infamous shopping day of the year and the kickoff to the Christmas shopping season, Black Friday. We'll also count down the top five holiday hacks you can use to add a little more magic to your Christmas celebrations. We'll talk a bit about Muppet Christmas goodness, as we do every Muppet member, and we'll see how you'd recast Jingle All the Way in our penultimate edition of Merry Christmas. Okay, let's start the show! Welcome, Yule Believers, to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast, the show all about Christmas history, Christmas traditions, Christmas media, and everything else Christmas. I'm Tim Babb, obscure stand-up comedian and host of this merry undertaking. Usually we come to you from my Christmas cave in San Jose, California, but today I'm actually recording at my mom's house because we're up here visiting for Thanksgiving weekend. Speaking of Thanksgiving, I hope yours was great and you had a lot to be thankful for this year. I know I certainly did. I learned that my home comedy club, Brewster T. Feathers in Sunnyvale, California, is reopening. They've been closed since 2020 lockdown, and they took that time to do some renovations and improvements to the club. And I'm honored to say that I'll be the first comic to perform there when they reopen their doors December 1st. And if that weren't enough, I'll also be performing there on New Year's Adam and New Year's Eve. So if you're within driving distance of the California Bay Area, that's three chances to see your boy perform at the comedy club where I got my start many years ago. I'll put links to the tickets in the show notes of this episode. And speaking of this episode, let's kick it off with our first segment. We need a little Christmas now. We need a little Christmas now. So, every year in November, I like to do at least one segment related to those lovable creations of Jim Henson, The Muppets. We call it Muppet Vember, in honor of the fact that our very first November episode was about a Muppet Family Christmas, a criminally underappreciated special that we don't get to see because of all the rights issues. Come on, Disney, crack a check and get that special on Disney+. Plus. But speaking of Muppet content on Disney+, Plus, there is some Muppet Christmas goodness that you can enjoy right now and pretty close to now, depending on when you're listening to this. A Muppet Christmas Letters to Santa was added to Disney Plus last year and is available now. We're going to the North Pole. <laughs> it may not be easy, guys, but we have to try. Well, if we're going to get there by tonight, we better get moving. Well, then let's get going. We're traveling fast. We're traveling light. Yeah. Our merry mission hits the road tonight. A Santa celebration and a journey that's all about heart. What's in your heart? And starting December 9th, the original uncut version of the Muppet Christmas Carol, including the song When Love Is Gone, will be available on Disney+. Plus. If you listen to our bonus episode with Dave from Nostalgia, you already knew that. But I'm thinking, if they notice a lot of us streaming Muppet Christmas stuff, maybe, just maybe, they will look into releasing a Muppet Family Christmas. That's my Muppet member Christmas wish, but now let's move on to our countdown feature, Five Golden Things. Five Golden Things. 
You know what young people love? Hacks to make things easier. And while the holidays are loads of fun, they can also be a lot of work. So today, I brought in two actual young people to help me. We're also known as your kids. Yes, they're going to help me talk about some holiday hacks. Where did you get these hacks from? Great question. So, pretty much every day for the past few weeks, several articles have been popping up across my various socials media feeds that say something like, try these 20 great Christmas hacks to improve your holiday this year. But then you click on them, and they're full of things you would never do in a million years, like making a candle out of cranberry sauce? What am I, MacGyver? Or use a carved pumpkin as a serving dish. Like, are you kidding me? Have you never noticed how fast pumpkins mold? And then there's always a billion different tips that involve putting things in jars as a decoration. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm living my life wrong, but who has all these jars just lying about? Like, I've never said to myself, man, what am I going to do with this gigantic stockpile of jars? If only someone would tell me to put a candle and some tinsel in there, I'd finally have a use for this plethora of jars I've collected from all my jar-heavy activities. Hey, Daddy, I think you're losing them. Yeah, you should get to the list already. Right. Sorry. So, what I found after reading through a bunch of these holiday hacks lists is that there were a few gems buried in there. So, I've sifted through the nonsense and I present to you now my top five holiday hacks. Spoiler alert, there are no jars on this list. Number five. Repurpose cardboard boxes as a Christmas tree skirt. This one seemed clever. You take a cardboard box that's slightly bigger than your Christmas tree stand and cut a hole in the top that's the same size as the trunk of your tree. Then you leave the entire bottom open and you wrap the box like a Christmas present. Then you place the box over your stand and it covers your Christmas tree stand like a skirt, but it just looks like a Christmas present under your tree. But how do you water the tree if the box is covering the stand? Good point. Maybe you should only do this with a fake tree. Kind of a sketchy start to the list, Dad. Don't worry, it gets better. Number four. Reuse old chip cans as cookie holders. So, my boys definitely enjoy some Pringles. Did someone say Pringles? I mean, yes. Could we have some? I'm beginning to think it was a mistake to have you in here while I'm recording the podcast. Anyway, in case you weren't aware, Pringles come in a little tube. So after you're done with the chips, instead of throwing away the tube, you can clean out the inside and wrap the outside with Christmas wrapping, preferably some scraps left over from when you are wrapping presents. Then you can put some cookies in there and use it as a kind of gift, particularly a good idea as a host gift if you're invited to a Christmas party. Number three. DIY Advent Calendar. Advent calendars are great, but the ones you buy in stores are kind of limited. They usually only have chocolate in them, and let's face it, it's not the most amazing chocolate ever. But what if you could put whatever you wanted in the advent calendar? Gma already does that. That's true. Do they know who Gma is? I don't know, but I'll tell them to be sure. Gma is my mom, their grandmother, the person whose house we're at right now, the voice you hear at the end of every episode of this show, and probably the woman most responsible for instilling the love of Christmas in all of us in the Bab family. And for the last few years, Gma has done some homemade advent calendars, but they've been super complicated and way more than just a simple holiday hack because Gma is the best. Gma's the best! Gma's the best! Gma's the best. But this homemade advent calendar hack, while not as fancy as the ones Gma made, is way easy and super clever. You just take a few strips of ribbon or string and hang them on the wall. Then you take some brown paper bags and number them 1 to 25. Put whatever candy or other treats you want in the bags. Then use clothespins to hang those bags from the ribbons you just hung on the wall. Now you got an advent calendar that has whatever you want in it and is a nice piece of wall art. Number 2. Toilet paper rolls as decoration. This is a great way to add some holiday flair with some stuff that would normally just go to waste. So, the first thing you have to do is start saving the little cardboard tubes at the center of toilet paper rolls. Then, on Christmas, be that person who saves all of the wrapping paper. 
Then, when you've saved up enough of both, wrap the tubes in the wrapping paper. And then you run a string or ribbon through them to connect them all. Now you have a festive garland that you can use to decorate your home. We should mention that we didn't get this one from one of those holiday hack articles. Yeah, he knows about this because Gmod totally does it for us. Gmod's the best. Gmod's the best. Gmod's the best. Gmod's the best. Okay, okay, okay. Honorable mentions. Frozen whipped cream shapes. So this one requires you to have some Christmas-shaped cookie cutters on hand. What you do is you fill a cookie cutter with whipped cream or Cool Whip, and then you put it in the freezer. Then, when you make some hot cocoa, you pull out your whipped cream that is now frozen solid in the shape of a snowman, snowflake, Christmas tree, or whatever, and you drop it on top of your hot cocoa. It looks great, and as it slowly melts, you get a little whipped cream in your cocoa. Number one. Turn your holiday cards into decor. So this is another one we already do, but the article I saw had a twist on it. Right now we just have a wall in our kitchen where we've taped up all the Christmas cards that we received. We actually leave them up all year. When we get new ones this year, we'll swap out the old ones. But this hack I saw put a fun twist on it. Instead of just taping them to the wall, they got red ribbons and tied them to the doors in their kitchen cabinets. So basically when you close the cabinets, it just looks like one long red strip going down the front of the cabinet door. Then they just attach Christmas cards to the ribbon. That's a great way to display them in a cute way without getting tape gunk all over your walls. Ooh, did you get tape gunk all over our walls? I'm telling Mom. Hey, hey, here's some Pringles. Why don't you go enjoy those and forget this conversation ever happened? Pringles, that's what I'm talking about. See, little brother, the long Kong works again. Okay, well, I'm going to unpack my parenting strategies later, but for now, that's our list. If you have some holiday hacks that you love, please let us know, because I'm sure we could get enough to do at least one more of these lists. Send your favorite holiday hacks to Christmas at TanCast.com. And now a word from me about one of my favorite holiday songs. Nothing gets you in the mood for Christmas like a great holiday song. All those great memories of Christmas's past come flooding in when you hear those sleigh bells, jingle bells, silver bells. It's a very bell-heavy genre. But there's one specific song I'd like you to remember this holiday season. Kelly Clarkson's Underneath the Tree. Underneath the Tree, Underneath the Tree is the rare Christmas song that, as you kids say, slaps. It's a straight-up bop. It deserves to be right up there with the other Christmas classics we hear every year. But that's up to us. We gotta show Underneath the Tree some love this holiday season. Download it. Stream it. Call your local radio station and request it. Do people still do that? <laughs> Great. If we work together, we can make Underneath the Tree as popular as that other ubiquitous holiday song from Mariah Carey, which, no shade to Miss Carey, but there's plenty of room for more great holiday music. Don't believe me? Just look Underneath the Tree. It's important to note this ad was not paid for, endorsed, or probably even appreciated that much by Kelly Clarkson or any of her associates. This crusade is truly just about Tim Babb's undying love of this song. But now, back to the show. So today's episode comes out the day after the American holiday of Thanksgiving, or as it's better known, Black Friday, the kickoff of the Christmas shopping season. So I thought, now might be a good time to talk about Black Friday. So I did some research, and the first thing that came up when I googled Black Friday was this. It's Friday, Friday, gotta get- Okay, that's a lie. That's the song Friday by Rebecca Black. But it's not like Black Friday has an official theme song, so I had to improvise, okay? 
But just like that song has nothing to do with Black Friday, the origin of the term Black Friday has nothing to do with Christmas, Thanksgiving, or even shopping. It goes back to September 24th, 1869. Two investors, Jay Gould and Jim Fisk, had access to President Grant's son-in-law. They decided to be a swell idea to convince President Grant to stop the U.S. Treasury from selling gold. So instead, Gould and Fisk bought up a bunch of gold in the hope of driving up the price. It worked until President Grant caught on to the scheme and on Friday, December 24th, ordered a bunch of the U.S. Treasury gold to be released. This drove down the price of gold, but also sent the stock market into chaos. It tanked the economy and it took months to recover from what was later labeled Black Friday. And in case you're wondering if Gould or Fisk faced any consequences for this, don't worry, (laughs) of course they didn't. (sighs) This is why I usually stick to just Christmas history. But so far, this story has nothing to do with Christmas shopping, so let's move it ahead to the early 20th century. As Christmas grew more commercial, businesses started seeing huge profits from the Christmas shopping season, so they wanted to stretch it out as long as possible. They started encouraging people to start shopping for Christmas right after Thanksgiving. But for the next specific milestone in the Black Friday story, we jump to 1950s Philadelphia. You see, Thanksgiving was a holiday for most people, but the Friday afterwards was not. People were expected to travel, visit family, get into arguments over the yams, drive home, and be back at work the next day. But a lot of people didn't want to do that, so they called in sick on Friday to have a four-day weekend. This was especially an issue in Philadelphia, where people would descend on the city in advance of the Army-Navy football game the next day. The staff shortages due to people calling out for the day, plus the influx of people, led the Philadelphia police to dread the day after Thanksgiving, and they started referring to it as Black Friday. Philadelphia businesses tried to rebrand the day as Big Friday, but that never stuck, and the Black Friday name persisted. But businesses got a business and no decade business harder than the 1980s. They decided rather than to rebrand Black Friday, they just reshape the narrative. You've probably heard that the origin behind the term Black Friday is that businesses tend to operate at a loss through most of the year or in the red. But the day after Thanksgiving, the biggest shopping day of the year, businesses are finally making profit or in the black. And that's why they call it Black Friday. Well, the reason I've gone this long into my segment about the history of Black Friday without mentioning that story is because none of it is true. Most businesses are not operating at a loss for ten and a half months of the year only to turn it around after Thanksgiving. Also, Black Friday is not the biggest shopping day of the year. The last Saturday before Christmas usually sees the largest sales numbers of the year. So where did this misconception come from? from retailers trying to put a more positive spin on the term Black Friday. The term went from just being a Philadelphia thing to going nationwide. Stores would have Black Friday sales, where there would be a few items at ridiculously discounted prices. This eventually led to people lining up outside the stores before they opened. I remember back when my mom and I had a tradition of going to Disneyland every Thanksgiving when I was growing up, because that's when they used to start their Christmas season. One time we decided to leave the day after, So we left at 1 a.m. to make the six-hour drive to get down there so that we'd be there just as the park opened. But I remember distinctly that year as we were passing by a shopping center, I could see the lines of people waiting to get in for Black Friday deals at 1 a.m. I could see them from the freeway. Unfortunately, those kind of crowds have led to people fighting over deals. There's been shootings and even people getting trampled when the store doors opened. It seems Black Friday can't get away from bad connotations. But these days, Black Friday's dominance is waning. With the advent of the internet came the convenience of shopping online and the rise of Cyber Monday. Why wake up before sunrise and fight through your turkey coma just to stand in line in the cold to maybe get a deal on a flat screen TV when you could log on Monday morning when you're supposed to be working and get everything on your list and have it delivered to your house? In 2017, sales from Cyber Monday surpassed Black Friday for the first time and it's never gone back. Despite retailers trying harder and harder to keep Black Friday relevant, they opened the stores earlier and earlier until they pushed it all the way back to midnight. When that didn't work, the stores forced their employees to work on Thanksgiving by opening for business on 7 p.m. Thanksgiving Day. So, all in all, the history of Black Friday is pretty bleak. They should call it Bleak Friday, am I right?
I promise I won't use that joke if you come see me at Roosters next month. But there are two good things that I can point to that came from Black Friday, or at least inspired by its existence. In 2010, American Express started something called Small Business Saturday the day after Black Friday. Instead of going to these big national chains, this was a day where people are encouraged to visit their local mom and pop stores. And yeah, it's a cynical ploy to get people to use a particular brand of credit card, but it's also a great way to boost local businesses that can always use more love. Then in 2012, someone decided that we've had enough buying, so maybe it's time to give back. So the day after Cyber Monday, they started Giving Tuesday, a day dedicated to giving back. That's a true start to the season of giving, and it's raised millions of dollars each year. And in 2021, Giving Tuesday raised $2.7 billion. So if that's the legacy of Black Friday, then I guess it's not all bad. But for me, Black Friday is just the day that I can crank the Christmas music without people saying, It's too early! But in honor of Black Friday, this year I'll kick it off with the new official Black Friday carol. Okay, that's enough of that. Let's get to our final segment, Merry Castmas. Movies and shows can be cast many ways. Merry Castmas. From you. All year I'm asking you to recast the movies and specials we know and love every Christmas to see if we can make something new, exciting, or at the very least, interesting. Last time, I tasked you with coming up with an alternate cast for the Arnold Schwarzenegger Christmas comedy, Jingle All the Way. Let's see what you came up with. Brenda from TikTok said, My suggestion for every recastmas ever is an all Schitt's Creek actor jumble. Any actor, any character would work. Now, I must confess, I've never seen Schitt's Creek. I know, I know, I have a friend who swears by it, and I keep meaning to get around to it, and I swear I will. But I do know a lot of the cast, and I love them. I see Eugene Levy as the Arnold Schwarzenegger role, Dan Levy as Sinbad's mailman, Catherine O'Hara as the Rita Wilson role. It, it would certainly be an interesting dynamic. Thanks, Brenda. Then we got an email from Ken who says, For Jingle All the Way, I would put Ty Burrell from Modern Family as Howard and Kevin Hart as Myron. Or Kevin Hart as Howard and Ty Burrell as Myron. I think either of them has the personality to play both. Keenan Thompson as Ted the Neighbor, Dwayne Johnson as the Cop, Wendy McClendon Covey, the Goldbergs, as the Mom, Danny Trejo as the Mall Santa, Danny DeVito as the Elf, Kelsey Grammer as the DJ, and Jeremy Maguire from Modern Family as the Kid. I like this, Ken. You've gone pretty far down the cast list, too. I can't decide which one I like better, Ty as Howard and Kevin as Myron, or Kevin as Howard and Ty as Myron. Like, Ty definitely can do that everyman thing that could work really well for the main character, but he's also got that sinister mode he could tap into for the mailman. Kevin definitely could be the talkative mailman, but he could also be the dad getting into and out of wacky predicaments all through the movie. Both good options. Finally, here's an email from Hillary. Here's my recast of Jingle All the Way. Howard, Paul Rudd. Jamie... Vivian Lyra Blair, Leia in Obi-Wan, Liz, Zoe Deschanel, Myron, Jack Black, Ted, Tom Hiddleston, Mall Santa, Zach Galifianakis. I feel like Paul Rudd just does a great job of coming off as a super caring dad that would do anything for his kid and is super funny and hot. Also, he is the fave superhero of my husband, Matt, Ant-Man, heart eyes emoji. Oh, I went in a different direction for the superhero-loving Jamie, casting a female young actress, Vivian. Unlike a lot of people who complained about her in the Obi-Wan series, I think she was fantastic and really portrayed Leia perfectly. And I feel she would do this character justice as well. Sidebar, I totally agree, and I disagree with anyone who says she did a bad job in Obi-Wan. 
Zoe Deschanel is just quirky in the best of ways, but knows how to pull at the heartstrings. I feel Jack Black would be a great Myron the Postman and would play a great co-comedic opposite Paul Rudd. I put Tom Hiddleston as Ted, as I absolutely adore him as Loki. And I think he would be great at being snarky and uptight while charming in the Ted-like way trying to steal Liz from Howard. Zach Galifianakis just reminds me of someone who would actually be a sketchy Santa-type character, so to me, he's a perfect fit. Thanks for the amazing magical podcast, Tim, and happy holidays. Thank you, Hillary, and happy holidays to you. That was a great list and a great reasoning for picking them. I can totally see this working as a Paul Rudd, Jack Black movie. Plus, I just really like both those guys, so I think it would be awesome. Thanks again, Hillary, and thanks to everyone who wrote in with your Merry Casmus suggestions. And now it's time for the final edition of Merry Casmus. So, this whole bit was inspired by the Ed Asner Family Center's fundraiser, where they had celebrities doing a table read of It's a Wonderful Life. You had to donate a certain amount of money to watch it, and the proceeds went to the Ed Asner Family Center. And they got quite a list of celebrities celebrities to do the read. Mark Hamill was Clarence the Angel, they had Ed Harris, Lou Diamond Phillips, and Rosario Dawson as Mary, and Jason Sudeikis as George. So I thought for the final one of these, we should all try and recast It's a Wonderful Life. I thought Jason Sudeikis was a great choice for George, and this year, the Ed Asner Family Center is doing another production of It's a Wonderful Life with Brendan Fraser as George. Another great pick. But who would you choose? I've already got a couple actors in mind that I think would knock it out of the park, but I want to hear what you think. Remember, this can use actors from any time period, actors at any point in the career. You can keep it consistent like you're a cast in a certain year, or pluck any actors or actresses out of the time stream and put them in just how you like. Just like the folks you heard from today, you can send your choices in by email, christmas at tancast.com, Facebook, can't wait for Christmas pod, Instagram, can't wait for Christmas pod, TikTok, can't wait for Christmas pod, or Twitter, where we're just Christmas pod assuming Twitter is still working by the time you hear this episode. Let us know who you would like to put in It's a Wonderful Life for the glorious finale of Merry Castmas. Merry Castmas from you. And that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. If you need a little more Tim to tide you over until the next episode, tune in to the Totally Rad Christmas podcast that drops, I believe, December 5th. I got to be a part of a big Christmas podcaster panel doing Christmas-themed improv games in the style of the show Whose Line Is It Anyway? It went great. (laughs) It's definitely entertaining, so give that a listen. Also, if you're on TikTok, I've started a new thing where I post every day. It's inspired by the TikToker Under the Desk News, who reads news stories from under her desk every day. My thing is called Underneath the Tree News, where I give Christmas facts every day while cramming myself underneath a Christmas tree. I also encourage you to listen to Kelly Clarkson's Underneath the Tree while I'm there, because that just makes sense. Also, speaking of encouraging you, if you're in the Bay Area, or if you will be in the Bay Area, December 1st, 30th, and or New Year's Eve, I encourage you to head to the show notes to get tickets to see me at Rooster Teeth Feathers Comedy Club. Okay, that's it for this show. I'll be back with our next episode a little earlier next month, so keep an eye on your feed. And in the meantime, Yule Believers, keep laughing all the way. And that was Christmas 1983. Actually, Dad, it's 2022. Oh. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, a.k.a. iTunes, and email us about it at christmas at tancast.com, we'll send you a free Can't Wait for Christmas sticker. If you'd like to see the show notes or leave a comment on this or any other episodes, you can go to our official website, Can't Wait for Christmas pod.com 
While you're there, you'll find a link to our official Zazzle store where you can grab customizable t-shirts, ornaments, stickers, and all sorts of other Christmas-themed items all year long. We'd love to connect with you on social media. On Facebook and Instagram, we are Can't Wait for Christmas Pod. And on Twitter, we are at Christmas Pod. We Wish You a Merry Christmas was performed by the United States Marine Corps Band, and this amazing version of Jingle Bells on the accordion was performed by the wonderful and talented Christian Nowicki. All other music and sounds used in this episode are the properties of their individual copyright holders, and they are used for purposes of commentary and review. No infringement is intended. Okay, boys, did I forget anything? God bless us, everyone. Merry Christmas! All right, and then, Michael, you have the second line. Where did you get these hacks from? Where did you get these hacks from? You're not this incredulous. <laughs> You're not interrogating me for a scene from Law and Order. La, la, la. Only took five tries. Hang on, we're not even close to done. You guys have plenty of lines this episode. Oh, oh yay! Okay, uh, James, you say, Daddy, I think you're losing them. Daddy, I think no, 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 no. <laughs> You're not afraid. <laughs> you're just giving me advice. Hey, Daddy, I think you're losing them. How do you water the tree after the box is covering the stem? Got the box. But how do you water the tree after the... Okay. But how do you water the tree after... The box, um... <laughs> I just need you to not forget the word. <laughs> kind of... <laughs> yeah, kind of a sketchy start to the list, Dad. Uh. Uh, okay, so, wait, James, you stay here because you have the next line. Do they know who Jima is? Yes, it's the mother of Tim Bow, the creator of this podcast. So let's all give an applause. Jima's <laughs> the best. Jima's the best. Jima's the best. Jima's the best. Are we done? Yeah, okay, not quite. <laughs> all right. I think we're done. Unless you want to chant, Jima's the best one more time. Nah, we're good. Candy, 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 candy. And they decided it'd be a swell idea to convince President Grant to stop the U.S. trilogy. Oh, come on! Are you listening at the fireplace, Michael? <laughs> And in case you were wondering if Gould or Fisk's pay, and in case you were wondering if Gould or Fisk faced, woof, Fisk faced. That's a hard one. Fisk faced. I could say Fisk or Gould faced. Nope. It's just it's just hard to say. So all in all, the history of Black Friday is pretty bleak. They should call it Bleak Friday. Am I right? <laughs> My son just laughed at that from the other room because he is listening to me record this. But in honor of Black Friday, I'll kick it off with their new 
But in honor of Black Friday, I'll kick this year off with the new official Black... <laughs> Kelsey Grammer is the DJ, and Jerry Maguire... Nope, not Jerry Maguire. Show me the outtake! I feel like Paul Rudd does a great job of coming off as a super caring dad that would do anything for his kid and is super funny and hot. <laughs> Sorry, wasn't ready for hot. <laughs> oh, Hillary. <laughs>